Welcome into the super underwhelming wildcard weekend edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast because TJ Hushmanzada, I tell you what, while there were playoff games that happened this weekend, there was only one of them that uh, came down to the wire. Six games, zero second half lead changes, and one just ineptitude at the end of the game cost us, uh, caused some drama at the end of it, but... Uh, the playoffs are here, and this weekend is the best weekend coming up pretty much in, in football, the divisional round, so I'm excited for that. TJ, how are you feeling? I feel really good coming off of a pretty solid week. Always could be better, but the games, the ones that are competitive, the ebb and flow, the what's going to happen. You look at the Bengals Raiders that came down to the end outside of that. The Cowboys and Niners, I mean, it was competitive, but it didn't seem like the Cowboys really were going to have a chance to win it. So outside of that, man, uh, the games went how I thought they would go, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know about all that one because you were telling me how the Dallas Cowboys are going to run through the San Francisco 49ers. Not exactly. Tell you. I didn't say run through. I said I didn't believe the Cowboys would let the 49ers bully which the defense for the Cowboys, they showed up. Would you agree? They, they played solid. I'd say they sh- they had so many offside penalties and those defensive holdings where they they, they played good. The, def- the, the penalties were a killer. I'll say Randy Gregory played terrible. That, that penalty at the end of the game by Randy Gregory was – he's just a bad decision maker. <laughs> And then it's not just in football. He's just a bad decision maker. And they'll, you could edit this out. They'll put it on, oh, mental health issues, or he's a bad decision maker. He makes bad decisions. At times, you're just like, what are you thinking? Dude, that guy has no impact on the play. Why would you just flat out tackle him? Just run into him. All you had to do is hit him and run into him. You guys get the ball back with probably a minute more. But at the end, I will say the Cowboys did a really good job of moving the ball. At the end, I don't mind the run play because they were protecting the sidelines. You throw it in the middle of the field. You... Martin, we practice this all the time, every Friday. Every Friday, two-minute drill. Get the ball to the ref. Get the ball to the ref. Get the ball to the ref. When I was playing, that ref was right in the middle. They've changed it and since put him behind the offensive line. Mm -hmm. That ref was 25 yards back. The Cowboys didn't execute it, but guess what? He didn't execute either. He has a job to do. He didn't do it correctly. The Cowboys have a job to do. They didn't do it correctly. So they're both wrong. Oh, you can point to the Cowboys and Dak and our offensive coaching staff. But that ref is 25 yards behind the play. And then when you run up, you run into the players and waste two to three more seconds. That's what happens when you're not meant to win, it looks like, huh? Well, I'll say this. All right. Was the ref 25? I have, I don't, again. I yes, look it up. No, look. no, no, I've seen the video a million times. Like, I've seen the ref. I've seen how far back he was on the play. I don't generally have a sense of how far away that referee is in general on most plays. 
right? So I, I don't have a way of knowing if you got caught napping, right? But what I would say is never in watching football, the, all right, you said it like this. You practice it every Friday, right? You practice every Friday. Every Friday you Red practice. zone, two minute. Every Friday, that's the practice. Red zone in two minute. Short okay, yard. So, so what? what is it? A team that gets penalized as much as the Dallas Cowboys do for pre-snap infractions, false starts, offsides, neutral zone infractions. To me, that's always been a harbinger of a team that if they do, if they, I mean, I'm sure they are practicing, but they are not practicing well. They're not utilizing their practice time. They're not disciplined. Is that an incorrect assumption? Pre-snap penalties, that, that's discipline, but – those are going to happen. You just hope they don't happen in the playoffs in that type of game, that magnitude. Pre- so they're sure, they're going to happen, but they continue to happen uh, to the Dallas Cowboys and have continued to happen to the Cowboys all year. The holding penalty, penalties, plural, that, that's where it's just like, and they're blatant. It's not like it can go either way. They're blatant. And, and so... It's a lack of focus, attention to detail. They know what's on the line. But those penalties are magnified because the offense didn't show up. Okay, but, wait, but hold on, though. But hold on, though. I just, I just, just want to go back. I want to go back to, 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 the, to, the, to, this, uh, to the snap, to the spike. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I want to go back to the spike. So they talk about – that was immediately what Dak said. Immediately what McCarthy said. We drill this in practice. We drill this in practice. Well, never in watching football, NFL football in my life, have I ever seen the center spot the ball. So if you're practicing that, then you're practicing it incorrectly, right? Like it's just, like every two-minute drill that I've seen, you throw the ball, to the, and more so is because you're giving the ball to our receivers or throwing the ball to receivers or running backs, and they're running forward. But unless they go out of bounds, you're taught – Go give the ball to the go give the ball to the umpire. Go give the ball to the to the referee. That was a big thing with Chase Claypool. He did his whole little celebration instead of going to give the ball to the referee, and it cost him what four seconds or whatever. So now the Cowboys didn't just like celebrate anything or run over it, but they weren't going to be able to spot the referee wanted to move the ball back three yards anyway from when they from where they initially spotted it. So I just don't understand. Number how. one, that that referee does not know where he slid at. Number one, you're 25 yards back. How do you know where the proper line of scrimmage is? How do you Regardless know? Regardless of all of that, TJ, it's still the referee's job to determine that, right? Yes, it is. It is. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, I agree with center. everything you're saying, but it's still the referee's job to determine that. So if he gives them, like, it's never the center's job. Hey, Zach Taylor just texted me. What did you say? Bad coach. Just shot, me, just shot me a nice little text message, man. We got a big game this week. We got a good chance of winning it, man. We just got to prepare the right way. Breaking news, right? Nah, it ain't no breaking news, but... Yeah, I mean, it's not news, but that's why I asked you what he said. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just, you know. Got a big game this week. Um, They give it to the center because the center normally... He's going to snap the ball. The umpire just comes to touch it. Then you can spike it right away. If you look at Chase Claypool, when he got tackled, think about it. That official was right there. He was ready. He was ready. 
I feel, right. but the but the idea of the umpire just comes and touches it is not true. Like the umpire well, wants to move true. the ball back. <laughs> he has to just touch it, and then you can snap it. Normally, in a two minute situation, and when time is of the essence, the Cowboys did not handle this correctly, but the officials didn't handle it correctly either. You cannot be twenty five yards away. When you know the situation, you know they got to spike the ball. You know you need to save time. You know what's going on. Why are you 25 yards back? Why? And, the, just, like, and see, the, the players, they deserve to be held accountable. The coaches, they deserve to be held accountable. The officials, they're never held accountable. They're, unless it's in privacy. I commit a penalty as a player. They'll find me $15,000. Wow, that's great accountability. I'm not trying to commit a penalty, but you're going to find me fifteen grand for committing a penalty. Okay. Everybody knows it. The public, everybody knows it. When an official messes up, do we know if he's held accountable, Martin? Do we know that? And you, you must admit, it's been some bad officiating this year. Bad. No, I thought the know. Rams game might have yeah. been one of the best officiated games that I've seen in a while. That that crew did a hell of a job. They did a hell of a job. Well, you feeling okay? Outside of that, man. No, I the Cowboys to me. Every time they got, every time it was a penalty, it was like, oh well, that looks like hands to the face right there. It's like, well, I see him obviously lined up. It like if you look down the line of scrimmage, you see where the stick is. It's like, oh, there's one guy who's clearly in front of everybody else. Like I didn't have any huge problem with the Cowboys penalties, but I can't, I cannot put that last one on the ref because I've just never seen. It'd be one thing. Give me a percent. Thirteen. Oh my god, Martin, you tripping, bro? Less than twenty-five, Martin. When you know you got to spot the ball. How are you 25 yards away when you know time is of the essence? I understand that the whole Cowboys point. offensive line was lined up. Buddy is way back here All on right. the sides. Let me the whole Cowboys, but the whole Cowboys line was lined up three yards off sides. Three yards off sides. You know why they're the three whole, yards off sides? If the, now I'll tell you this. If you know now, why? And, and you know what? The other thing, because I get it, because because the center spot of the ball three yards forward. That's because why. Because the official wasn't there to spot it, so they did it themselves. Now, if Dak had been doing like this, running around, where's the ref? Where's the ref? I I get you. I really get you. I really do. But it, it's just I, I just push back. And it's, maybe the ref is more culpable in that moment. But I've seen that play now because you know my day job. I've seen that play a million times. All right. And uh, uh, what's his name? I always confuse him with C.D. Lamb because they wear he wears 85 and has he doesn't, he doesn't have the hair. So he's Noah, Brown. Noah Brown. Yeah, Noah Brown. He, on that play, first of all, he's running a route. He almost runs into Dak, who's running, while he's running the, uh, running this, right before Dak slides. Noah Brown is the closest person to him. He's running a route. Then, as Dak slides down, he's just standing there looking around. And then he's like, oh, snap, with two, with four seconds left, he runs back out to where he should be, like, outside the numbers. And when Dak hikes the ball, he starts, it takes four steps hard, like he's running another route. He was about to run another play. Some guys just don't have it up here. All man. right. But that's that's don't tell me how much you've practiced this. You practice it every Friday. At least like, the teams I were on, 
the teams that I played on, we practiced it every Friday. Now, with not, all this being said, I'm not denying that you practiced it every the Friday. Not and the probabilities of the Cowboys winning was very low and slim. Yes, that is so ultimately the, the number one point. My thing is officials do your job. The players will try to do their job. Um, it's unfortunate. The Cowboys probably were not going to score on that last play anyway. But as players, you like to think, oh, yeah, we would have scored had given opportunity. They had plenty, plenty of opportunity during the game. When that offensive line got manhandled, they couldn't run the ball. Receivers couldn't get open. You get what you get. I mean, and let's just you put it in, just put it in the headline, put it in a tweet. You had the Cowboys that had two back-to-back false star penalties and two defensive holding penalties on third downs. That's just if you just isolate that, you'd be like, oh, I think probably lost. I mean, they didn't they didn't play well, and you would think in a game that means so much, they would come out and play like it's just hard. Like, I don't think coaches understand this. When you are a receiver, if you give me the ball the first drive. I'm going to play so hard because I feel like I'm involved. Now, when you don't, you're just kind of going through the motions, although it's a playoff game. And I don't understand these coaches. Give them a quick screen. Give them this. Give them that. Just to get – C.D. Lamb didn't get a catch to the third quarter, mid-third quarter. That's crazy. And it's not just the Cowboys – in the 49ers game, I picked the Bengals. I wanted the Bengals to win. The refs were bad in that game as well. That, to me, is, is the most inexcusable offense of what happened this weekend is that inadvertent whistle when Burrow but was feeling out of bounds. But I don't think that it affected the play. going to be a touchdown whistle yeah. or no whistle. I didn't think Nobody, it affected the play. The ball was in the air. Joe Burrow didn't have the ball. The ball was in the air. The defender wasn't close enough to where he could have made that play. Was it an inadvertent whistle? Yes. That would have been a touchdown regardless. But that was officiating. It also felt like the whistle occurred so quickly between – there was so little time between the whistle occurring and the catch of the ball in the end zone that there would have been no time for you to stop playing anyway. Exactly. But they were given an excuse, so they ran with it. They ran with it. And then that that call benefited the Bengals, although it would have been a touchdown anyway. The roughing the passer at the end of the game. He hit Derek Carr on his shoulder pad. Derek Carr went to acting school, threw his head back. They got an extra 15 yards in a crucial point of the game that they should not have been given. And so officials, they these football players now, we're starting to turn into NBA players and flopping and selling stuff that ain't there. They got to figure this out because eventually they're going to decide a game that means a lot. And you don't want that to happen. Well, one game that was not decided by the officials whatsoever, just and just to me, outside of the Buffalo Bills, this was the most impressive out, the most impressive outing that I saw this weekend. The same, I mean, the Los Angeles Rams just turned, they, if the light switch was there, they turned it on on uh, Monday night and Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals, you know, TJ, Michael Lombardi says this all the time. I listen to his podcast and you just 
seems to be a very smart football mind, seeing as somebody won Super Bowls and all that stuff. But uh, he says this all the time about coaches. He says some coaches like call, like have game plans, and some coaches just call plays. And I felt like at no point did it seem more significant than watching Cliff Kingsbury and his offensive strategy for Sean McVay. And all he was, it felt like me playing Madden. It's like he had no answer, but he had no answer because he was not, he refused to do anything differently than what he was doing for the first, I don't know, half of the game. Just, you know, what, just 11 personnel and let's let's spin it. They couldn't block. They couldn't block him up front in all fairness. They couldn't block him. So, okay, so that's, so, so I heard somebody say, but in the whole thing is, if that's the first thing, right? That's the first step. You can't block. So did you, all your play calling has to be, I understand that's like the number one thing, but all your play calling has kind of schemed around that. You had those late developing routes in which you couldn't block. And I was watching this, this mega cast that had like the NFL live crew on it from ESPN. It's got all these advanced stats on it. And it's saying that Kyler Murray's got 3.6 seconds per snap in the pocket to throw the ball which is like the most of time that anybody's had all playoffs. So it's like, it's, it w- which would, which would then rent, which would then lend to thinking the Rams secondary is the one that's doing all the locking down. Jalen Ramsey makes sense, but Eric Weddle has played as much football as I have in the last what 700 days. And he's out there starting the game. Right. And so then, or and then be the Rams weren't locking down. The Cardinals are just running long developing routes. So that is so, trying to get so, chunk plays. And so that is what I and that's what I ultimately came to the conclusion of. Or guys are open, short, everybody's not running deep, and Kyler Murray's not getting rid of the ball because he wants the big play. And so but either, every, but either way, but either way, that's what I got to. It was like either they're running super long developing routes or Kyler's not taking the short things that have to be – I mean, he's not taking the open guy and trying to make something bigger happen because the idea that this secondary is just locking them down is illogical to me. And I see this I see this offensive line and defensive line, how they're not scheming around it. So that to me, it just seemed like to me a Cliff Kingsbury is this guy who got hired – you know, he was hired in that Sean McVay-ish circle, right? After McVay went and lost to the Super Bowl, everybody they hired was you know, a white boy with, with a nice haircut who, you know, who looked like he could also surf. Like Matt LaFleur got him a job. You know, Cliff Kingsbury got him a job. It Kyle Shanahan, and here it was like, it, we the boys. Kyle Shanahan, McVay, LaFleur, Kingsbury. It was it was just do 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 Okay, but at this rate, at this rate now, one of them pretty boys is not like the other, right? Because you have Shanahan right now going back up to the NFC division round again to go play his buddy Lafleur, who's in the NFC division round again. He's been to two NFC championships, you know. Uh, uh, Shanahan, you know, his nice little Super Bowl run, and he's you know in the process of trying for another one. McVay started this whole thing off. I mean. Well, Shanahan started it off, but McVay started the whole thing, that, that, that tiring cycle where everybody was like, are you serious? You know what I'm saying? When they lost that Super Bowl to Belichick. And uh, Cliff Kingsbury is now in the middle of his, third, his second uh, late season collapse. It, it happens. And I said it. When, when the Cardinals were 10-2, and two, I said it. They weren't the best team in the NFC. I said it. There's steps you must take. Kyler Murray will be better from this. But let's be honest. That defense got gashed. I believe the Rams ran the ball 38 times. 
Dude, Stafford didn't throw the ball much at all. I believe he was 17 or 19 times. 13 for 17, I believe. It was 13 for 17 for 202. And right. so he had a great, efficient game. But they won that game on the ground running the ball. The Cardinals couldn't stop the run. And so you're going three and out. You can't stop the run. That's a bad recipe. <laughs> Hopefully they'll be better from this, talking to Cardinals. But it happens. The Rams are the better team. You can get on Kingsbury all you want. The Rams had the better team in that game yesterday, and it showed. I do think the Rams had the better team. I do wonder what it would have been like if J.J. Watt didn't play. Because it's like, I don't know, maybe his shoulder being destroyed a couple weeks ago probably had an impact on his ability to get off blocks. I don't know. And did you see that uh, red pad James Conner had? Yeah. Bruh. I broke my ribs every year, man. I was getting, I probably took six or seven shots yearly. That's the beep. That's what you're talking about, huh? Yeah, that beep right there. That's the first time you heard it? Yeah. It's done now. It's over. Um, Well, I mean, so now, so so what is that? So you're trying to squat and you, would you pull the muscle or something like that? I don't know. I was trying to squat, right? I wasn't trying to squat. I was squatting. Sure. And... I was on my third set. And whoo. Bruh. It's from my back. I was on my third set. And I did like one rep. And I was like, hold up. Something ain't right. And then I did another one. And I was like, hell no, I'm done. And I stopped. And then just gradually, as yesterday started to progress, like last night, was laying on the floor watching TV and to get up to get in the bed took me a couple minutes. No lie. Got up this morning, tight, got to take my kids to school. I was like, I got this game ready. I might as well put it to use. And what does it do? It's just like simulates the muscles back there? It's, or it's basically that game ready. You ever use a Norma Tech? T, I'm not a former professional athlete. So they have attachments. So this yeah, is my back. Tech. <laughs> I wrap this around my back. Then they have another attachment for your hamstring, for your shoulder, for your ankle. Um, it gives you pressure, compression, and coldness. Because down here is the actual machine, and I fill it with ice and water. Wow. I bought it with my own money, a lot of money, <laughs> like I'm still playing. Well, it's, it seems like you need it, and I'm glad you bought it with your own money as opposed to, like, trying to steal it or some, some other option. Like, that's what most that's what most of us do, TJ, is buy things with our own money. But before we get into making us some money with these uh, divisional round picks, let's take a quick break. All right, TJ, this is the game that's been the most disrespected on the slate in the divisional round. But you know what? I think it's a game that you and I, as uh, you as a former Cincinnati Bengal and me as a this year has Cincinnati's been my team. uh, This is the game we're most excited for. The Bengals versus the number one seed in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are three and a half point favorites uh, in Tennessee. And uh, I'll tell you this. I told told Silas last night on Monday night, our little Monday night halftime check-in. 
the one takeaway I had from the weekend that I still believe going forward, I still believe in the Cincinnati Bengals. That's my one takeaway. I'm with you. I'm with you, my light-skinned friend. I'm with you. Like, I, I have one concern. I, and I have one concern about this game. Is it Larry Ogunjobi? The fact that Larry Ogunjobi is out. He's been really good stopping the run. He's been really good getting after the quarterback from that inside position. That is a concern of mine. Trey Hendrickson, I believe he will play. He had a concussion. He went out. I believe he will play. The key to beating the Tennessee Titans is making them one-dimensional. A lot easier said than done. A lot easier said than done. You're going to play them man-to-man. Your corners are going to stay over the top and not give up the big play. And you just cannot let them gas you. Derrick Henry hasn't played football. It would be basically two and a half, three months. That should be an advantage for the Bengals. If the Bengals can run the ball effectively, there's nobody in the National Football League that's going to slow that pass game down if they're able to run it effectively. I'm rolling with the Bengals. Getting three and a half points, the better offense, the better quarterback. Defensively, the Titans are good, but they're not great. And so how are you going to slow this Bengals offense down? It will be on the road. It will be loud. It won't be as cold as it was last week in Cincinnati, but it'll be chilly. I just, I'm with you. I just like the Bengals in this game um, to pull it out, to win it, not just cover, to win it. I think they'll win it as well. Uh, and I think that really when you just look at the eight teams remaining, one of these, I mean, you have Allen, Mahomes, you have Garoppolo, Rodgers, Allen, Mahomes, you know, that's, that, I feel like that's at this point in time, it's like the pit, you like chocolate, you like vanilla, you know, whatever, like you still like ice cream, you know, and you have Garoppolo, you have, you have Rodgers, clear edge there. You have Brady, Brady you Stafford. Have Stafford, you know, depending on, I mean, dep- this year, I think, depending on how you look at Stafford over their careers, obviously you're running with Brady. Brady. Right. Any Hill Burrow. That's to me is the biggest no brainer of the week. No, like, no, outside, no, 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 not Garoppolo. Outside of Garoppolo, yeah. and, uh, the biggest but, no-brainer is Garoppolo. Well, the biggest, no, the reason why Garoppolo and Rodgers is the biggest is not the biggest no-brainer of the week is because I know for a fact that if Garoppolo has to throw that thing more than twenty-five times, it's a no-brainer that the 49ers have lost. Like if the 49ers run game is so much more of an important thing than their quarterback play. That that that's why. But that's why I think when you think about because right now we're talking about Derrick Henry hasn't played football in a long time. And I get that he's that guy, and I get that he's the king, and he's the best running back that we've seen in a long time. Uh, but it's going to be hard. Like it's going to be hard for me to see him coming in in a playoff game and having a significant impact, especially when you look at some of the playoff games he's played in the last off of regular season had that significant impact. Ogan Joby being hurt that concerns me. That that does because when he went out, the Raiders were somewhat effective here and there running the ball. DJ Reader is still stout up the middle, but you know the Titans want to run the ball. And, and when you look at Tennessee, like they struggled with average teams this year, bro. It was, it's not like Tennessee just ran through the AFC. They they struggled with 
just certain. It was just when you look. Okay, look, I'm looking at their their uh, season right now. Right, they get murdered by the Cardinals opening weekend. They barely beat the Seahawks by three. They beat the Colts. They lose to the Jets, as did the Bengals. Kill the Jags. Beat the Bills by three. Big victory. What was impressive was I said, "Oh, the, the Titans are real." They beat the Bills, and then the following week, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and they held the Chiefs three points. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, the Bills are legit. Beat the Colts again. Okay. Then they beat the Rams. But you remember that Rams game? They beat them 28 to 16. They didn't move the ball. Stafford gave them that game technically, if you recall how that game went. You just look at the score of 28-16, you say, oh, but you got to really look at the game. And then they lose to the Texans. They get blown out by the Patriots. They lose to the Steelers. Eek one by the Niners. Eek one by the Texans. Blow out the Dolphins. And so I'm looking at that and I'm saying they can be beat. I, the reason why the Titans are in this position to me is the Colts blew that second game against them and then blew the last two in the regular season because mm -hmm. they should have won the AFC South. Like I that that this with Derek Henry went down, the Colts <laughs> should have won the AFC South, but Carson Wentz gave it right back to him in that game against the Bucks. And but in any event, I agree with you. I think the Titans, uh, as far as one seeds go, feel like a two or three seed. And I feel like the like uh, to me, they seem very evenly matched with the Bengals. You give me a half point. I, I'm definitely taking the points, but I also think they're going to win outright, as I predicted earlier in the season. I picked. I thought whoever played the Titans in this game. And would once be. again, for the people that watch this, when me and Martin agree, we got to be close to eighty percent. We got to be close. It's been it's been happening slower, uh, fewer and fewer recently. But let's see if we can find agreement here as uh, the true AFC Championship, as it's being built on Twitter and the timeline. Uh, happening in the AFC divisional round. I hope that the two teams don't think this is the true AFC championship because they will have to play one to go to the Super Bowl, and that would be a big letdown. But the Bills and the Chiefs, the Chiefs are now two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, this is a rock and a hard place for me, TJ. I love betting against the Chiefs. It hasn't worked out recently. I love betting against Josh Allen. It hasn't worked out recently. But for me on this one, the Buffalo Bills, after that time that they came out and Mac Jones beat them on and throwing three passes, they've been a different football team. They have been. I, I haven't wanted to admit it. They've been playing differently. They've been, they've been, it seems like, and that's really what you got to pay attention to when you're picking these games for the playoffs is who's been who's been playing well since like Thanksgiving? Who's been playing well since early December? And to me, that is the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. I mean, it's inevitable. It's denial. I don't care how cold it is. Maybe he did take some Viagra before the game because, I mean, he was stimulated. He was balling his ass off against the Patriots. And, I mean, they were – they got, like – it feels like the Chiefs – I mean, the Bills right now are on this revenge tour, right? They went and just stunned on the Patriots. They built this whole team. It was no secret to go up against Kansas City in the playoffs, a team that they feel like they probably should have beat last year. I'm going with the Bills here. Man, this is really crazy. I'm going with the Bills as well. And last week, I picked all road, I mean, all home teams to win. I don't know if you realize that. 
all home I, teams. I noticed you did, and I was like, there's no way that happens. And I knew it would be upsets here and there, but I went with all home team. Might have a change this week because I'm going with the Buffalo Bills as well. And I just look at the way they beat the Patriots. We Bill Belichick can coach defense. He's very familiar with the Bills. They're in the same division. Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott are going to have a plan to neutralize and slow down that Chiefs defense. I mean, that Chiefs offense. And when you really look at it, that offense gets rolling when 87 is rolling. And that's Travis Kelsey. They are going to make it a point of emphasis to take him out of the game. Just go back to the game against the Steelers. That was a competitive game early. That's, and it, then the Chiefs, the Chiefs, like, I, you could juxtapose that with the way the Rams started. Uh, and it's the first seven minutes of the game. Like, the Rams came out and were playing like they were going to try to win a Super Bowl. The Chiefs came out and played like it was week 19. No, they came out playing like they're trying to win a Super Bowl. The Steelers just had something to do with it. And as soon as Kelsey started getting off, the game changed. He got off. Now we got Tyree Kill on a slot fade. And so neutralize 87. You got a chance. McKinnon had a great game running the ball, catching the ball out of the backfield. I just like the Buffalo Bills. I like Josh Allen. I believe this game can go either way. But because I'm getting points, I'm going to take the team that is getting points. This is an even game to me. And I'm going with the Bills. I, I just feel, I truly believe that Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott are some of the most underrated defensive coaches in the league. You lose Tredavious White, still number one defense in the league. Didn't skip a beat. That hurts them. But they played without them for a while. And what people don't realize is their safeties. Man, that interception that Micah Hyde had. That was incredible. There's probably three or four guys in the entire league with those type of ball skills. Like, there's not many safeties that are making that play. It's going to knock it down. Right. That was a great play by him. Probably turned the game for the Bills. But he has great ball skills. Jordan Poyer has great ball skills. So they got safeties over the top that play the ball and play it well. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills, man. I'm taking the Bills as well. So we're two for two. Me and you both taking dogs. I think we might disagree on these ones. The San Francisco 49ers and the aforementioned Kyle Shanahan traveled to the Green Bay Packers and the aforementioned Matt LaFleur in the, uh, in the hey, we both know Sean McVay Bowl. Uh, the Packers are six-point favorites. TJ, where are you at with this one? Man, after the Niners won, I got a lot of buddies that love the Niners. They all they text me, bang, bang, Niner gang, bang, bang, Niner gang. I'll That's say this. They- as, far as, as far as team phrases go, it's better than most, but the amount of times that they use it and say it is terrible. Hey, bang, bang, Niner gang. I got that so much. I'm like, all right. Like, bear down makes no sense to me. Bear down? Hey. Like, I see a bear, I want to go away. A bear down, like, I... But and you ain't seeing no bears in Arizona. Fair enough. But, hey. But anyway, I'm taking the Packers. I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. Six points is a lot. But if the Packers are clicking on all cylinders, you don't know if Bosa's going to play. If he doesn't play, 
then it's it's a wrap. The 49ers are not good on the back end. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams can take advantage of that. And I have one concern, as I always do when you play the Niners. Can the Packers stop this power run game, this misdirection that the 49ers are going to present them with? The Packers have been so good on defense. Jair Alexander hasn't played much. He'll be playing. Zadarius Smith, I don't know if he's going to get cleared. He hasn't played all year. So you're getting two of your better defensive players back when you need them. You stop Kittle and Debo, you stop the Niners. It sounds easy. It seems Debo's in the backfield. They're going to get a ball to him 75% of the time when he's still getting six, seven yards a pop, maybe 20. The Packers just seem like they're on a mission, man. Aaron Rodgers seemed like he's on a mission. Six points is a lot. But if it turns into a shootout or if it turns into the 49ers can't stop him, it's a wrap. I don't know if Jimmy G can play from behind on a consistent basis. He's good in the two-minute. Can you be good in the 23-minute? When you're down for 23 minutes, you got to come back. I say no, I'm going with the Packers. I am also taking the Green Bay Packers. Wow. I agree with you. This is the last dance. This is the last dance. And this is the other thing, too. I was not – I think the Cowboys were a product of the NFC East. And I think the 49ers were a product of the NFC West. What does that mean? The 49ers were probably better – as a team than we thought they were we got beat up a lot by the NFC West and those other good teams. So the Cardinals, even though they weren't ever the best team in the NFC, were still very good in the beginning of the year. Rams still, as you see, very good, you know, and Seattle historically decent, you know what I'm saying? But uh, the Cowboys, I think more than anything benefited by playing the Jets, I mean, I'm sorry, wow. I'm just, the Joe Giants. Judge Giants is also what I was trying to get out. The Joe Judge Giants, I said I was going Jets. But the Joe Judge Giants, the Washington football team, and their, and their carousel of quarterbacks and, and COVID, and, uh, and, and, and the Philadelphia Eagles, who, again, a playoff team in name only, right? Because they show got their asses handed to them by – Tom Brady and the Buccaneers back up offensive <laughs> offensive players sub Mike Evans and Gronk. Uh, but I, I think this is uh, this is Aaron Rodgers last dance type deal. And I, I think that the thing that does concern me, if the Packers go up 17, 21, nothing, they have to keep on the gas. And I think that Matt LaFleur will after what happened the last time that they played each other, like, you know, they've seen each other in the playoffs before and it wasn't pretty. Uh, so I think if they get up early, because the 49ers are not going to stop running the ball unless you absolutely make them, right? And the Rams didn't when they had the 17-point lead on them in week 18. And that's why they ended up ended up losing that game eventually. So I think that if the Packers can stop the 49ers by running the ball, by scoring enough points to make them make Jimmy G throw it, the Packers win this game by six easily. I think Jimmy G's going to have – this game's going to come down to Jimmy G's shoulder, which apparently is sprained, and his right thumb is hurt. And, and then Fred Warner got an ankle, and Bosa got a concussion. Like the, And I don't, don't think the Cowboys were that great of a team all year. I tried to bet against them all year, and it never worked. So I don't know how smart I sound or anything like that but because they sure lost, and they sure looked undisciplined. But – I sure lost a lot of money trying to prove how just how bad of a team that they were. So I guess we're all losers here. That's really what happens when you when 
when Mike McCarthy's involved, nobody's a winner. I think that's the lesson that uh that we could take away here. Only person who can win with that is Aaron Rodgers, and he'll win on he'll win uh, on Sunday with Matt Lafleur. Three for three. The Los Angeles Rams are three point dogs going to the goat. Tom Brady and the aforementioned Tampa Bay often a Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive backup sub Mike Evans and Gronk. Because we're not sure if Tristan Wirfs will play in this game. Ryan Jensen seems like he's trending towards playing. Lenny, uh, playoff Lenny looks like he will not necessarily be playoff activated. Uh, Rojo might go. It's just, you know, it's a who's who for Tampa Bay, except for the number one guy, uh, TB12. Man, when you – they played in week three. They did. Rams won there. that game by 10. Clean game on both sides of the ball. They They – no turnovers either side. Um, Brady threw for 400. Stafford threw for 330. The Bucs could not run the ball at all. Ran the ball for 35 yards. They could not run the ball. Three and a half a carry, less than three and a half a carry. The Rams actually ran for 76 yards, which is surprising considering the Bucs defense. That, that, that's surprising. The way they ran the ball last week and going into this game, they're going to try to run it. The Bucs are going to take that away. But they don't have Godwin that they had in week three who had over 100 yards. It's Evans and Grunk. The Rams are going to have a plan for this. I'm going with the Los Angeles round to win this game and get to the NFC Championship just because they're playing with confidence. They seem to have a recipe for success. I'm rolling with the Rams. After what I saw on Monday night and after what this team has put forth, uh, throughout the regular season in terms of not necessarily the week-to-week product, but the expectations that they've foisted upon themselves by the organizational moves. You go get Odell Beckham. You go get Von Miller. You go get Matthew Stafford. I know they didn't do it in that order, but you know they still heavily invested in this team and this belief. And I just think going back, watching the way the Rams played on, on Monday night, it felt like and the I, Stafford even went over to McVay, and McVay said it. He said, "This is the dream, right?" He said it like on the uh, in a you know behind the play sheet, but I caught it and he was right. I read his like, "This is the fucking dream," and the point of it was, I read it like, "I'm so much. I'm so glad you're not Jared Goff, because when everything is going right and everything was going right offensively." You're going to hit Odell Beckham on that over route. You're going to hit Odell Beckham down the rail. You're going to hit Van Jefferson on that over route because you are you. And you're not a guy who I just literally have to control with the joystick. Like I had to control Jared Goff and tell him where to go every single moment of every single minute of every single minute. I think that's literally what was happening. I think the Rams right now playing at a higher level than everybody else. Sean McVay, the fact that Odell is getting opportunities when the game matters, and now you key on Cooper Cup, Odell going to get you, which I thought that would be the case when he got there. They're utilizing exact, both of them. That's exactly that what I was about to say. If you go back to week, I want to say, did they play? Yeah, it was week 17. They played the Ravens. Les Snead and Sean McVay had to sleep soundly that night, even though Matt Stafford had a bad pick six. Because at the end of that game, what happened? Odell Beckham converts a big fourth down. Boom. Go ahead, touchdown. What happens on the next on the next possession? Von Miller, huge sack. 
Okay. Then week 18, eh, maybe they got a little bit of, maybe they didn't sleep too good after that one. But then for this week, again, what happens? Odell Beckham, bam, bam, bam. First quarter, first touchdown. Here I am. Right. And then boom, next possession, Von Miller is camping out in your backfield. That's exactly what they did. And if you look about the way that they brought him through in the regular season, they were limiting snaps for Vaughn, making sure like he played a lot yesterday. <laughs> he, he was on the field yesterday. Odell, they were figuring out places for him to get to. And this is why without ever going to play, that's going to be a problem for the Bucks. Ryan Jensen may Tristan Wirfs. He's in a walking boot. He's not going to play. You got over 320 pounds on a walking boot. You got six. Da- that's going to hurt the Bucks. That's going to hurt them. And you saw he tried to come back out against the Eagles, and he just looked literally like he couldn't go. But the thing about Sean McVay, to put a pin in my point, the reason why I think he's one of the best coaches of football is, and him and Shanahan, you see him just putting his best players in positions to succeed all the time. Like, how does it – it's ridiculous that Odell Beckham wasn't used like he's been one of the most dynamic weapons in football the last few years. But he just – you know what I'm saying? He seems to be putting his players in positions to succeed, both offensively and defensively. Like, you've seen the different ways they're moving around the offensive the defensive linemen where guys like Greg Gaines and Ashawn Robinson are making big plays now because Aaron Donald and Von Miller are attracting all the attention. They just very – I'm very impressed with the way the Rams came out on Monday – Buccaneers are beat up. I mean, hell, even the coach got a torn Achilles tendon on the Buccaneers, right? Uh, Tom Brady's a guy. I get it. He's a goat, and you know he may snap his fingers and you know become inevitable and wins this and win this game regardless. But if I can get the Rams plus three, I like the way they ran the ball. I like Cam Akers unreal, coming man. back. We so agree on all back. four. All four. All four. Wow. Wow, three road teams, one home team. This is crazy. I don't think we've ever agreed on everything. Well, I don't know, but I just know this. Favorites last week for five and one against the spread, TJ. I can't imagine they're going that, you know, I I like it makes sense to me, right? Because you know, favorites going five and one. So the average doesn't look back. Well, they're definitely not gonna go, you know, five and one again. Favorites are you know four and oh against the spread again with favorites, but I feel good that I broke down all these games and I like, like I would like my, all these dogs to win outright anyway. Do you see what I like? I like the dogs who went outright. So I don't even feel like I'm playing with Vegas. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm getting insurance points except for the, with the 49ers who are just are too beat up and just don't have the quarterback to get to, to progress through this type of situation. We will see, but I like, I, I don't like my picks. I love them. It's what, Really no upsets because people were picking – the majority of people were picking the Niners. There are no upsets last week, technically. Yeah. That means that's probably going to change this week. So, TJ, with all that being said, your lemon pepper parlay, lay it on me. Lemon pepper parlay lock of the week. I mean, you can go so many different ways with this. But you know I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals upsetting the Tennessee Titans, upsetting the AFC's number one seed. So I'm going to go one AFC, one NFC. And I'm going to go with the NFC's number one seed, the Green Bay Packers, beating the San Francisco 49ers. Did this and beating them probably by 10 points. 
this Packer team's on the mission. They've been the best team in football for a while. Uh, if it is the last dance, which I don't believe it is, it's the last dance plus one. Uh, they look real good. I, I expect them to come out ready to go, well-rested. And uh, let's see if the 49ers can keep that run game going. I'm not so certain of that, considering the Packers are rested. They should be getting some players back. Lemon pepper parlay, lock of the week. Cincinnati Bengals, Green Bay Packers. For my lemon pepper parlay this week, I'm trying to hit them big. I'm trying to rob them on the what is as 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 football week as football is winding down. I'm trying to go to the bank and take Bandle for all they're worth. All right, I'm going with the Bills on the money line, the Bengals on the money line, and the Rams on the money line. Damn, you that going everybody. That thing is gonna pay out so fat, and when and when dogs go three and one straight up this week, you're gonna think that's my lemon pepper parlay lock of the week. Let's eat. <laughs>